Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Do We Know Them? Episode 81, Spooky Part 2. <laughs> I loved what you did last time. The little switch was very cute. Oh, thanks. And if you're wondering, we're just going to alternate. Someone did suggest we do red and black, but that felt like it would just not... Uh, I, that wouldn't work. Gives demonic vibes. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, we kind of just feel like we were in hell. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to talk about today's topics, we kind of are in hell. But no, no, I think we'll stick with a uh, fun, lighthearted orange and purple. It's giving like, ooh, spooky, silly witch. I had asked everyone on Twitter, like, ooh, which one do you prefer? And then I realized later that like everyone said orange and not the purple one. Oh. But, um, you know, I just wanted to give everyone options. I wanted to give you a second chance at liking this one. Well, this yeah. This one looked better than last And again, years. we do upload twice a week. Right, Lily? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now we needed variety. So um, I actually have two purple ones, one with an orange sign and one with a green sign. So, you know, just wanted to switch it up. Hi, Lily. This is us continuing the conversation we were just having, which we totally know what it was. Well, not technically continuing the conversation because it's going to be a different conversation than we were having, but... Um... Why are we cursed is my actual question for today. Today's video is about how we're cursed. Let's just talk for a second. Okay, girlies, don't come for me yet. We're filming this on Friday night. Okay, so you're watching this on Saturday. We're filming this part on Friday night. We filmed this much earlier than that. We filmed this on Wednesday, I wanna yep. say. And when we first filmed, I wasn't recording my audio. And honestly, who can really be sure what happened there? I'm not gonna point any fingers, but I think it was a ghost. across the country, so I can't tell. But that was tragic, so we refilmed correcting the audio. And that was great. We got the episode done. Slay? No, not slay. Because then once I edited like 50% of the episode at least, Lily and I realized that the topic that we were covering, it needed to be trash canned. It needed to be thrown in the bin. We needed to throw it away. We could not cover it. I'm like, I, I'm kind of tempted to tell them what it was because I feel like people would know. I mean, honestly, it was on our subreddit. I know. Yeah, someone did suggest it as a topic. So if we had a Patreon, I almost feel like we would even post yeah. it to that Patreon because I feel like it's not like we don't stand by our opinion on it but it was too murky. It felt the more we learned and the more we dug into the situation, mind you, it's not that we didn't do our research. We looked into this person and even for the following days, continued to look into this person. Oh, I did a deep dive. Yeah, to see like what is actually going on here. And we really couldn't find a solid answer until today when Lily found something that was just a little bit too much proof. Just, it made it a little too risky. Yeah, so we were like, let's just maybe not get canceled. We're not ready. We need at least another year before something like that happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we X that idea and we are coming back on to refilm one of our topics. So we still have our two remaining ones, which is one little surprise topic. And then we have an eight passengers update. So we're here to film our first topic, which is about good old David Dobrik. Wait, oh but God. before, can I tell them about the mac and cheese? Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, the things that Lily texts me about and like really prioritizes in her mind is befuddling. It's the ADHD, but also you know how much I love mac and cheese. And honestly, I was so validated because it seems like everyone else is on the same page except for you as usual. Listen, I was always under the assumption that the shaped mac and cheeses always tasted worse than the regular mac and cheeses. Literally no one thinks that. Guys, tell her that everyone thinks the shapes taste better. And specifically of all of the shapes that they've ever offered, the SpongeBob ones have always been the best. I don't know why. I think the SpongeBob shape in particular holds the cheese really well. There's a lot of crevices for it to go in. But um, you guys, it's been gone for like a decade and they just announced it's coming back. Oh. And that's the story. <laughs> I was just letting you guys know because I didn't think it was gonna blow up on my Twitter, but I think it's my most liked tweet ever. Well, listen, honestly, I'm happy for you. And I really do wish you the best on your SpongeBob mac and cheese endeavors. Am I gonna eat it? 
No, I'm not. I don't care. Um, I'll talk to you guys. <laughs> I'm so excited to get it, but I'm a little nervous because with the amount of people that are excited about it, it's funny because I actually went on my Twitter and the only reason I even noticed that it had so many likes is because I'm scrolling through my mentions and they were all quote tweets of like just people raving about the mac and cheese, which is understandable. Then I clicked it and saw that it had 3,000 likes and then I checked it an hour later and it had 5,000 likes and then I checked it this morning and it had 15,000. So... What I'm nervous about is you can't find it. Yeah. And like, are they going to ration it? Is it going to be like too? I, I was talking to my friend yesterday. I was like, do you think it'll be like Beanie Babies in the 90s where it's like you're limited per customer and you have to wait in line? With peace and love, I think you're going to be all right. I, I think know. there's going to be plenty. Of Let her know. Can you guys set her straight in the comments, please? I know you'll be Can on I my side. Can I ask you a personal question? How often do you eat Kraft mac and cheese? Honestly, not that often anymore. But now that okay. the SpongeBob is back, hyperfixation meal, here I come. Oh my God. Like when you were super into that hot chocolate. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then most recently it was cinnamon rolls, but I'm kind of over that now. <laughs> She'll like literally get super fixated on one meal and eat it like every day, right? Yeah. Well, I know everyone. There's people in the comments that will agree with that too. Apparently that's the ADHD as well. Yeah, I get that with some things, but on the fifth day, I'm like, okay, well, never mind because I get grossed out. Mine usually lasts at least a month, I would say. Mm. Well, honestly, I eat Kraft mac and cheese like once a year, maybe. So that's why I'm not that excited. I made it kind of recently and it's actually like one of the only things I've actually cooked in my new place. <laughs> so that's why your kitchen's so clean. <laughs> no, and I've just been clean. I'm just all over the place now, but um, <laughs> like a studio. It's not a studio. It's a one bedroom, but I'm in the one bedroom right now. I use that as my your office. Your one bedroom has been room. taken over by yeah. this podcast. Well, because I needed, it, there's too many windows and stuff everywhere yeah. else so the lighting would be messed up so this I can have be like a little cave but so then I use the rest of the place just like a studio apartment but I found that it's actually way way better for me because I'm forced to look at it all so I can't like shut the door and pretend it's not there my old room I would like not go in except to sleep if I even slept in there I slept on the couch a lot it was just like a really large walk-in closet so I keep this one really clean I love that for you I really do and I wish you again well on your mac and cheese journey. So before moving actually onto the topic, we got a few comments that I wanna I wanna talk about for a second. Just have a little comment talking sesh. I know some people are like, don't focus on the negative comments and that's not even what this is about. What comments? There was multiple comments since we're gonna be talking about David Dobrik. There was multiple comments defending Jonah in our last video, but like oh. a lot of them. I was so confused. I was like, I didn't read all of them. What are you talking, what was there? There was like surprisingly a large amount of people that were defending Jonah and saying like what he did wasn't that weird. I'm there was like two or three. There was a lot. If I'm not mistaken, I think that stems from like the hate for David Dobrik, which I kind of understand. And we kind of talked about how he like harbors that environment and he's kind of partially responsible for why people think it's okay to behave like that. But guys, what Jonah did is not okay. Like even though he went to a public meet and greet, yes, the way he described it was I stalked him. I straight up yeah. stalked him. It's not like I really wanted to be there. I wanted to shoot my shot. It's like, I stalked him. No, I, I studied him. I studied him. Like, that's weird. I did see someone even um, say how, like, they compared it to Olivia from H3. With peace and love, the Olivia thing, it is interesting when you look it's at it. It's a bit much. But I do think there's a difference between doing it and becoming someone's, like, friend on a fake premise and mm -hmm. then going and like applying for a job and also a very important distinction to make there is that olivia has always owned up to that she's never tried to hide that so and she didn't show up at ethan's house no not that we know of olivia <laughs> no but honestly it's just like that was the creepiest part is the hiding it the lying about it the manipulation of it all that's what freaked me out it wasn't like just trying to like nitpick and make him seem creepier than he was like it genuinely freaked me out it wasn't lying by omission it was like he full-on said a different story yeah 
and like for years went on to repeat that story and become close friends with those people and then be like, well, I admitted it to him in the pizza place, like randomly. It was just all weird. So I found that interesting, but you know what? We're open to discussions here. So I, I'm not like coming for people who are commenting that. I just found that like, oh, that's, that's a take. It was like, no, that's not okay. And then a lot of people said like, how do you think most people get jobs with celebrities? And it was like, not by stalking them. If you're gonna do something like Olivia did with H3, which is she like looked through Ethan's like entire follower list and looked at anybody that she could possibly know and tried to really like get in there. If you're gonna be upfront with that and that person's okay with that and you apply for the job and you get it and she is qualified to do her job too. So it's like, that's a different thing. Being knowledgeable about what someone's doing in their career is different than like forcing yourself into social situations with them so that they'll allow you to be in their crew and you can make money off of them. That just, it sat wrong with me. He acted like he was not a fan. He just wanted his yeah. big break. Honestly, again, it's not that David doesn't have anything to do with why someone would think that's even remotely okay. I'm not saying that because we're going to be talking about David and David is an extremely toxic person himself and has a lot of blame here. I just think that showing up to someone's house, forcing yourself into their little friend club and then actually becoming friends with them is weird. I don't know. Well, and it's funny because I actually watched a lot of the old like first Vlog Squad uh, videos, probably when he started giving away cars because I was like, why is everyone obsessed with him? And I went back and started watching early ones, which I found were incredibly problematic. But then also, I'm pretty sure they, they would like, like girls would like hang out in the parking lot below their apartment and they'd like have them go to 7-Eleven and get them snacks and stuff. And then they let them come up. What the fuck? So yes, he definitely fostered that environment, but yeah, that doesn't no, make it any 100%. less creepy. No, exactly. That's all I'm saying. But you know what? You girlies have your own opinions and I respect it sometimes. I feel like that's something we all agreed on as a society where we were like, hey, like no matter how popular someone is, don't go to their house ever. Okay, thanks. But anyway, the reason why we're actually bringing up David Dobrik, which I feel is pretty rare these days because we don't really talk about him that much. Like, I don't feel like he does. Well, that's because he's only on Snapchat and we don't use Snapchat. That's also true. But um, the reason we're bringing him up today is because Jeff Wittick posted a few tweets that got people all riled up because he was letting people in on a little bit more of the behind the scenes of what was going on when he released that documentary about his injury. Do you remember? We talked about it way back when. Well, I remember I watched it when it I was coming out. I could not watch it because I get really like uncomfortable, but also like, I don't know, I get like tingles in my whole body when I see blood. It was really bad. I don't know how much he showed, but I just can't do that. So I've seen other people's coverage of it, but I haven't seen the actual documentary. And when that happened, I know that people's like large, not criticism of Jeff, but they were just like, what the fuck is that he was kind of giving David Grace in a lot of ways that people were like, what the hell? Like he almost killed you. It didn't seem like he was mad. No, it seemed like he was kind of just like fine with everything. And now we maybe know a little bit more why I feel. Apparently David requested not, I don't even know if David actually requested yes, or Natalie was the one to bring no. it up. Oh no, David straight up. No, asked. no, David didn't straight up ask, but I'm saying I feel like everything Natalie asks for, David asked for. Apparently, basically David was okay with the documentary existing, but he needed to have the chance to give notes on the edit. Can you fucking fathom someone almost killing you and then requesting that? If I was just doing a documentary on something that didn't involve an injury that you had anything to do with, but you were in it, I'd be like, no, you don't get to sit and give notes. And it wasn't like, oh, can I see it before it goes up to like make sure like just not, it wasn't like an FYI. He literally made Jeff sit with him and Natalie and watch the fucking documentary. And they like sat there like they were like executive producers at a studio giving notes. Honestly, it's unclear what prompted Jeff to say any of this because there's 
one thing I know for sure, and that's that he's still in a legal battle with David Dobrik. So I know that he hasn't said everything he wants to say because of that. I think it was going on because he went on Trisha's podcast with Tana, but then Trisha went on Tana's and then they filmed it at Trisha's, but I'm pretty sure it's an episode of Jeff FM with Trisha. And you know that they had their beef back in the day, the Starbucks thing where she like, yeah, where he yeah, left yeah. without... Yeah, so they have squashed their beef and they end up um, ranking the Vlog Squad members and they just are like shitting on them the whole time. It's really funny. But I think that that was the catalyst for it. Well, it prompted him to post about how they all, they all being Jeff, Natalie, and David, sat down in front of a screen. It's literally a video. It's with a caption that says, I'm lucky I had good people around me that saw this BS for what it was. And it's them three sitting down watching Jeff's documentary. And David's just sitting back in the chair watching it as if he's like some sort of fucking <laughs> producer that's about to give people the the like, hey, you need to cut this and that. And, and I'm pretty sure that's what he did. So I guess that after they watched this, maybe he was like, all right, bro looks good and then he left and then he had Natalie doing the dirty work on what they wanted to be fixed about it because I feel like that's what Natalie's there for like she just does the shit David doesn't want to do Jeff posted a picture of him after one of his many surgeries so if you don't know he had to get multiple surgeries after what David Dobrik did to him on that whole excavator accident. And after one of the surgeries was when Natalie was delivering her notes or like making sure that her notes were being applied properly. This apparently was also at a time that Jeff was recovering from said surgery. Yeah. So he's like on painkillers, he's like sleeping, he doesn't have his phone with him. And he might have actually tweeted about that because she seems to have some semblance of like, oh man, I don't really want to bother Jeff with this. Uh, why? Because he's recovering from fucking surgery? But so he has his like actual friends that are not necessarily content creators that people know. They're handling the like final edits and stuff. And she texts him. Do you want to do the cold read? I guess we've read it, so yeah, it's not a cold I'd read. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, she says, hi, exclamation point. I just saw Jeff's tweet, exclamation point. Don't want to bother him, but how'd the edit turn out? As if they're going to respond and be like, oh, it's shit. Like, I know. And then this person who we're assuming had something to do with the actual cutting of the documentary said, good, we cut out the screenshots and changed some verbiage. He's in bad shape today, though, because he was recovering from surgery, which, by the way, is on his fucking eye. Do you understand how sensitive that area is? Do you want to know what's not sensitive? Natalie. No, um, honestly, when I saw this, I gasped. I literally am like, what is wrong with you? I know. She says, okay, cool. Did you guys add the teaser stuff for the positive note at the end? She responds to, he's in bad shape today though, with, okay, cool. Which by the way, I'm absolutely getting the vibe from the person that was texting that they were like, I'm gonna answer this bitch, but fuck you for reaching out after Jeff's recovering from surgery. Cause they're like, he's in bad shape I'm though. pretty sure Jeff describes it as like, the, these are his like real friends, like his right. longtime crew. And like just generally not horrendous human beings. Uh, got <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So he did not respond to that as I would not have responded to that. Cause like, fuck you, dude, he's recovering from surgery. I wouldn't have been able to resist. I would have said something sassy back. Oh my God, I know. But she's very kind. She does give Jeff two days. Okay, 48 hours, almost, not quite, but um, just enough time to recover so that he can answer. And she says, hi, talked to Jeff yesterday and don't want to bother him or really anyone too much, but can't help checking in. Wait, wait, so that means she didn't even wait two days. She bothered Jeff a day before. Yeah. She says, how's everything looking for him? 
and the next episode. <laughs> Excuse me? You clearly didn't care the first time you asked. Oh my God. How do you sneak so much fucking bullshit in there with any sort of dignity left inside of you? Like that is the most foul thing to do. Be like, so how's he doing? And the next episode. Uh, did you guys... Uh, Sneak that positive thing in there for me. I feel like I can just hear the conversation between like David being like, Natalie, see if they've like fixed the episode yet. And she's like, oh, well, I uh, probably like a little reluctant. And then he's like, just text him, figure it out. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, does it anyway. Yeah, honestly, though, it's always been glaringly obvious to everyone else, but like David Dobrik stands that he never gave a fuck about what he did to Jeff. He has made it clear in legal battles that he believes it was Jeff's fault. I don't understand. Like, even if Jeff was like, I want to ride on the excavator while you twirled around. He was doing it with one hand and holding his camera with the other. That is on camera. He's tried to argue a million things now. You're my employee. It was your responsibility. And then then you should get workers shit. comp. Like none of it makes any sense. Like, what are you trying to argue? That would be even worse than if it was just your friend. Not like worse, like morality or like seriousness wise, but like lawsuit wise, it would be way worse. I think if it was your employee. I'm not even joking. Even if I did this to a stranger, I would be heartbroken and mortified and would absolutely Absolutely, especially if I was filthy fucking rich, take care of everything that I possibly could for that person because it would eat me alive. Like I could not live with myself. Can I tell you a very, very minor uh, comparable example? That you did? Yeah, that oh. it didn't, ha it didn't happen, but I was like mortified and didn't know what to do. Okay. Um, I was at a bar one time and it was like very close quarters and I was like telling a story and using my hands too much and I was pretty drunk and I was drinking a beer out of a beer bottle and I went back and I, it hit someone's tooth <gasps> it cracked no thank oh, fucking god Jesus. because i didn't have any money and wouldn't have been able to pay for it but i lit i waited while he went to the back because he like bought it probably chipped or something because it was like i mean a glass bottle hits your tooth that's gonna be risky and i remember i like waited there with the girlfriend and i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry it was such an accident and like i wasn't like flailing my arms it was just that everyone was really really close to each other and it was a very unfortunate accident but like I absolutely was like, if anything is wrong, I will hand, like, I will yeah, pay for course. it. How could yeah. you not feel that way? And that was a stranger in a bar. I could have ran what away. I'm saying. Like, like, this was so extreme. It's literally almost how his life ended. And it didn't end it, but it changed it forever. He will never be the same as he was pre-accident. How do you live with that? And you haven't even seen the clip. Like, it, it literally, like, I don't know how he survived. And again, I don't give a fuck if Jeff was begging to get on that excavator. You are responsible directly for what happened to him. And you not only put him in that situation and created the environment of people wanting to do stupid shit for fucking views, but you were the one operating it. Like you were literally responsible With for one what happened hand. I'm still so curious, like who rented the excavator? Cause I don't think you can just like rent huge machinery without having any kind I of like- know. Money is a hell of a thing, but yeah, I'm, I wonder that too. And I think that as the legal proceedings go on- Like I, no I would more. think that you would have to take some kind of class or you'd need to like get some kind of certificate or yeah. something or like I don't know it just seems like they wouldn't like I don't think I could go just rent an excavator yeah you probably can and I feel like there's probably like rules against what you can do on said excavator yeah I don't think putting it in the ocean is on that list well I think they were in the lake but yes correct in any body of water like that just seems so fucking weird but anyway that's basically what Jeff has put out now I feel like and I totally get it there are like bursts of empowerment that you get with certain situations where you feel particularly like you want to share something. It's like, fuck these people. And I get that. 
and I support him 100%, honestly, not just for the like drama of it all. Like this is something that fucked up his life forever. And honestly, he looks amazing. Like his eye has healed so well. And that's like a miracle. But I know that he has permanent symptoms from what happened and he's never going to be the same. So like, I really fucking feel for him. Again, um, him, uh, Jeff and Trisha talking was so interesting because you could tell that Jeff did feel really bad about a lot of stuff because he is hearing it now from Trisha's perspective. But like when he was like in it, everyone was like, Trisha's crazy. And like, just was like writing her off as just a lunatic and was like joking about it. But you but could tell she that she's still like too. hurt and stuff, but she'd kind of explain it. And he like, you could tell was having like revelations of being like, oh my God, they they did the same thing to me. I can't believe I didn't see it when it was happening. Oh yeah. Cause the thing with people like that and groups like that, there's gonna be another Jeff. There's gonna be another Trisha. Like there's always, if Jason Nash decides to turn on David Dobrik, he's gonna be the next one. Like it doesn't fucking matter. You don't cross the leader. And if you do, you're in trouble. Like that's basically it. He very much has the energy of like, I created you, don't fucking forget that. Well, especially then he gave them all cars and stuff too. So that didn't help. One more thing about Trisha that is crazy for lack of a better word. Remember the whole rumor that she drove her car into, I'm not rumor, I guess, cause she like admitted at one point that she drove her car allegedly into Jason's house. Yeah, she says she was high on meth and that she just kind of blacked out and drove into his house. Well, the key word there is blacked out cause Trisha reveals to Jeff and Tana that she has no recollection of that happening. Oh, wow. And she just took their word for it. Like, Jason and David told her that she did that, but then she kind of thought about it for a while afterwards. It was like, oh my God, I must have. Like, I must have. I, I was out of control. I'm crazy. Like, whether she did it or not, like, hmm. the reason she admitted it was because they told her, not because she had any kind of clue that it happened. And then she said the more that she was thinking about it, like, there's no, like, wouldn't was you think- Was the car they, not messed up? Where's the hole in the house and like when oh, you okay. like, call well, the police. if she's saying that the car wasn't messed up and like his house wasn't messed up and there's no proof of that then then i guess we can like, like and you know that they all would have taken like pictures and videos of that yeah but at the same time it's on trisha's end like if i'm trisha someone tells me i did something if i drove into a house and there's not a scratch on my car like if that's what she's implying then that's weird but i find that impossible like what yeah, actually, I don't know what that aspect of it is. I mean, I guess I don't blame her at all for like questioning things because they're so shady and they do lie about things or omit truths to save themselves. But I feel like that's such a wild thing to lie about and be like, Trisha, you did this. And she really did, if we're being honest, have a very toxic history with Jason Nash that was public and we all witnessed their horrendous like back and forth. So her being on drugs, admittedly, which she says she was, mixed with that really toxic situation, I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I think about any of it. But so even like car aside, whether she did or whether she didn't, she basically was just explaining how like they actually made her think that she was like batshit insane, which she claimed that she would like go to mental hospitals and stuff and they would be like, you're okay. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, she said that she went to an institution right after that, like following that event, she went straight there. And then she was upset because David Dobrik didn't go to the hospital and like check up on her basically. Oh, and that's actually another thing she brought up is that she like went on tour at one point and the vlog squad will all support each other. And like, she brings up, she's like, they all went to Scotty shitty shows, but she said not one show did any of them ever come to. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. Like, They're no, not, not either. great yeah. friends. But anyway, that's pretty much it. Just a quick catch up on her good friend David Dobrik love that basically yeah just like it was confirmation of him being a horrible person and the vlog squad being a really toxic group and hmm. pretends yeah. to be shocked well before we move on from 
whatever that was. We'd like to thank the sponsor of this episode and that is Scentbird. Back again, we're so thankful. Um, if you guys don't know, Scentbird is a fragrance subscription service and it's really nice because then you don't have to buy a bunch of really expensive perfumes and just get stuck with one. You get new options all the time. And they come in these fun little like travel friendly bottles and you can mix and match them. I like to do that sometimes, go half and half. Why not get crazy, you know? Like this. Yeah, <laughs> life is short, sister. But I have to say, I got three bangers this month. I am obsessed with every single one of these. And actually some of them, my friend Kathleen, she's on YouTube and she's obsessed with perfumes. And some of these she's talked about and specifically Floral Streets Sweet Almond Blossom. Oh my God, it is delicious. And I also got Tocas Lucia, which is the one I'm wearing today. And I'm layering it with Juliet Has a Gun Vanilla Vibes. I literally could grab any of these and just layer them. They are so delicious together. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. This like, seems like... <laughs> I don't care. Jesse wears them for every occasion and apparently wears three at once, but normally they do last a really long time, which again, it's nice because if you don't wanna just have like one signature scent all the time mm -hmm. and you wanna kind of rotate, these are perfect. They'll last like a month. Oh yeah, what'd you get? I got Kenzie by Berry Beauty. Oh, this is gonna be a rough one, I'm sorry. Sue Le Pont Mirabeau uh, by Etat Libre d'Orange. Oh, good job. You know, I tried. But then my favorite is definitely the Sintra by Usovert. Usovert, and that is one Usovert. that Kathleen talked about too. She says it smells like an expensive hotel lobby. Does it? I mean, I'm not super familiar with <laughs> expensive hotel lobbies, but I would imagine that, yes, that's pretty accurate. Perfume changes so much with the seasons. Like I feel like most people, maybe not Lily, but most people will wear like a summer scent. There are some like year round scents, of course, but there are more winter, fall scents, more summer scents. And I feel like Semperd allows you to explore that without committing to one fragrance for a certain season. You know what I mean? It doesn't break the bank. Exactly. And you know what also doesn't break the bank? If you use our discount code that we're offering. Ooh, smooth. You can scan the QR code on screen or click the link below and then use the code do we know 55 off and then you get 55% off your first month at Semperd. Thank you so much to Semperd for once again being an amazing sponsor of this podcast. We appreciate you. So Lily, do you wanna uh, bring any semblance of lightheartedness to this podcast perhaps? Yeah, well, I do have an eight passengers update, but we'll give us a little I said breather. lightheartedness. We'll give a little breather first. <laughs> um, and I don't know if everyone involved in this narrative would say it's lighthearted, but I think you'll maybe give it a giggle. Okay. Good enough for me. Uh, this is a past topic we have covered. Page six has come out with an article today. Yep, today, um, October 4th. The title is Ariana Grande and boyfriend oh, Ethan no. Slater are living together full time mm. in New York. Yep. Yep. You can't just drop that on me. You're welcome. I'm sad they that this isn't here. did not. And I don't know if you saw, but this comes after they just celebrated, I believe, is it his birthday or her birthday at Disneyland with friends? Yeah, you sent me a picture of that and I said that because it's like a literally a picture of their back and you can't make them out, but somehow you can tell that's Ethan Slater's back. But Ari, I could not tell. I was like, well, that could be anybody really. I mean, it couldn't because if people are taking pictures of you, it's probably them. Like, I feel like people wouldn't take pictures of random people and say they're them. Well, and TMZ, I mean, I was just gonna say TMZ report it, but I guess, so? well, not that they aren't like super like slanderous and say false things. I feel like they don't report stuff like that that didn't happen. Right, if it's complete, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, they were spotted walking arm in arm at Disneyland. The articles all came out September 26th. So like very recently. So what's happening is exactly what's happened with every single other person that Ariana Grande has dated. They are being classically love bombed. She is like 
let's spend forever together and they are gonna how much you want to bet i don't know about engage maybe i don't know because he just is getting separated from his wife so he might they both have to go through the divorces first I exactly think that <laughs> yeah but i just feel like this is classic ariana grande trajectory she kind of love bombs them they move way too fast and then maybe a year he's gonna be gone and then his entire life is gonna be fucking destroyed because his family's destroyed because he left his fucking wife for ariana grande and i oh i just can't okay so a couple things one could you imagine not only the wife reading that apparently they're living together full-time which is absurd but that like they felt the need to go to disneyland of all places you couldn't yeah. have gone you to know a movie. what's gonna happen like are you fucking kidding i know it feels so disgusting and unnecessary to do something like that like you just had a wife whom less than just, a year ago just had a baby yeah had a baby and also you posted about her you loved her oh she's just the best mother ever to leave a situation like that and so quickly do something like this is a slap in the face because you both are adults independent have your own money ariana grande definitely has her own money he has his own money why do you need to live together it is such a like unnecessary step it's icky feeling because he does have a kid so what does that mean that means when he has his kid his kid is going to be around ariana grande 24 7 she's going to be the stepmom and it just feels unnecessary and kind of like further fucking this poor woman up where it's just like why do you have to live together full time this is fucked up and go to disneyland which i mean i'm just gonna say seems a little sacrilege when you were spongebob that's nickelodeon <gasps> lily <laughs> I just think, and again, it's like adults, do whatever you want, I guess. I just know that I would be so absolutely torn Do whatever up. you want if you're not fucking over everyone in your life that has been with you for 10 years. I know. I think about like if Nassim did that to me, it's like, it's one thing to leave me. It's one thing for like, now all of a sudden I'm a fucking single parent. That's already hard enough. You're gonna move in with this girl? Like, are you kidding me? That is so painful. I just can't even imagine the rage she feels. And then the girl's Ariana Grande. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, so also I was going to bring up, I'm not just like on my phone. So I personally have the Thank You Next album. I like really, really enjoyed it. And I had the whole mm. album. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like it's good. <laughs> Delete it. So I have the whole album in my iTunes and like in my Apple Music. So yeah. when I'm in the car, it very often will come on shuffle. When I tell you every time it does, I'll hear a lyric and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. Why? She hides in plain sight. Her entire album is saying stuff like, and let me, I was gonna pull up some of the lyrics. I'm trying to. I mean, the uh, break up with your girlfriend because I'm bored. That one's pretty hardcore. Like this even just not exactly about like cheating or anything, but knew you were perfect after the first kiss. Cause you know, she like dives into everything right away. Took a deep breath like, ooh, feels like forever, baby. I never thought it would be you. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> She jumps into these relationships where it's like she maybe builds up this person is like, oh my God, they're perfect for me. But for like sure. she's known them for like a month. And I mean, it's one thing to do that. And then it's another thing to do that with someone who had an established family. This is one like, of the ones I was like, <gasps> like it doesn't actually pertain obviously to this is predating any of the events. <laughs> but painted a picture. I thought I knew you well. I got a habit of seeing what isn't there. Caught in the moment, tangled up in your sheets. But you broke my heart. I said you only wanted half of me. I don't really know what that part means. But like every single thing she sings i'm like oh it's about a lot of like momentary flings and like getting caught up in the moment and yeah being in love right away and it's just like Ooh. that's what she does and again it's like do your thing girl just not with married men who have children because that's actually life ruining but okay 
Go off. It's all sketchy as fuck. So speaking of which, <laughs> just the <laughs> deep like, side. But anyway. back into that territory. Eight passengers. We haven't been trying to do like weekly updates because honestly, there hasn't been a whole bunch. There was a video interview with Kevin Frankie's lawyer, which I found mind blowing, to be honest. Um, Let me pull it up because there's one part in particular. Let me remind you that apparently they were separated for... 13 or 14 months. So for example, if you and Nassim got separated and you wanted him to move out, and even if he needed to like go back to, he's from France, yes? <laughs> yeah, he's from Algeria, but yeah. Well, if he wanted to go back home or something, at the very bare minimum, wouldn't you expect him to like, you know, call, check in, talk to the kids on the phone or video chat or something? That seems a tourist. He would never go home. It's a hypothetical, Jesse. Okay, well, I'm just saying I can't even go there because he would never let the kids like leave within 10, 15 minutes of him, 30 there minutes you go. Back. Well, so get ready for Kevin, how he handled the situation. Well, he's like a fucking doorknob too. Like he just like, every video I've ever seen of him, he's just like, I don't know how to explain it, but that's Well, and like. I mean, his lawyer is not much better. <laughs> he wasn't even told that she had taken the kids to Ivers. Let, let me unpack that a little bit. So first of all, their current status, were they separated? Correct. They were separated, I read, for 13 months. So they weren't living with each other. How much was he seeing the kids? Uh, almost not at all. Actually, not at all. What, why she is told, that? If it, told him, why is that? Because she told him it was better uh, that they needed to work on their marriage and needed to keep their family together, but that everything was better off with him not in the home and not communicating with the children. If you can, why were they separated? What was the catalyst? Oh, I probably shouldn't go into that. That's that's pretty private. Mm -hmm. But let's just say they were uh, they had a difference of opinion about their family. Parenting? I know you can't talk about it, but is it that kind of where we're going? Correct. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. And their, their own personal dynamic. Okay. Um, so he was living separate from her. Was he Correct. calling the kids? Because I think what a lot of people are looking at this and they're wondering, yeah, well, we what are. did he know? So he might have been living separately from her for 13 months, but he wasn't calling the kids, checking in on the kids, seeing how they're doing? He's the father. I totally understand that. That was the big question on my mind and the big question I on a lot of people. If you read everything that's in the media, he's getting raked over the coals for that. Valid. But what people don't understand is that he was trying to preserve his marriage. He was taking direction from her. Hmm. She's the one who asked him to leave the house and indicating that in order for him to be able to get back together with her and be a family, that uh, she was requesting that he leave the home and that he not contact them or the children. Later told him that everything was blissful at home. It was so much better without him. So I just, let's unpack that. So first of all, the fact that he like brings up that, or he kind of like validates that the reason they split up is because they had a disagreement of like parenting or something. Feels like that is almost to plant the seed of like, he didn't agree with what they were doing. But then why would you be willing to not even check in on them for the next 13 months? It is absolute 
fucking bullshit. None of that is true. We have not only like well-documented evidence of Kevin Frankie being in on the fucking treatment of these kids as well as the exploitation of them. That's number one. Number two, didn't he like literally take off the eight passengers logo of like the family van like days after they were arrested? Like that was on there forever and then he shows up to take it off. It's like, Okay. It's funny because there's actually a part in this interview where he kind of dismisses the eight passengers channel as if it's like super old and like they haven't uploaded to that in years. And it's like, yeah, because they were getting reamed. Yeah, no, no, no. That paid for your fucking life, my dude. Oh, funny you mentioned that though, because he also tries to imply that Ruby has all that money and that he didn't get anything. And it's like, you were, what? I don't doubt that she's probably like not the funnest person to get divorced to and like would try to take everything, but they're not even getting divorced. They're just separated. That's the thing. You're going back and forth from saying, I was separated from her, wanted nothing to do with her basically, to also saying like, well, the only thing that would save our marriage is if I didn't talk to the kids because you said that was what was best. Now, absolutely in no fucking world would a parent that actually gives two shits about their child be okay. Even if the spouse was like, this is the only fucking way I'm going to be with you is if you don't talk to our children, maybe for a week. No, no. My husband wouldn't do that for a week. My husband wouldn't go a day without talking to my kids. Like I'm talking, if we're separated, it's like, okay, we FaceTime every day. I need to see my children. Like we, those are your kids. Those fucking came from you. Like, are you joking? And for 13 months? Nah, bro, I'm sorry. You're a fucking piece of shit dad who, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Ruby did fucking everything, even though she's horrible. She made the food, she cleaned everything. She did everything for those kids, even though she's the worst and also the person who brought the most abuse on them. You didn't do anything other than maybe work or I don't know what the fuck he did. So he's so detached already emotionally that him leaving and not talking to them was really no big deal for him because he really wasn't that involved when he was living in the house. That's really what the fuck happened. When I was watching this, I was like, you're really gonna be trying to fight for custody now and say you wanna resume your fatherly duty. Resume fatherly duties, my ass. You haven't been doing any fatherly duties ever. You sent Chad to fucking wilderness camp. And also it's weird because Chad, I guess, was living with him in a, for a certain amount of time. Just him though. Oh, I didn't know that. No, what I find fucking disgusting is like, even if he tries to come out now, because I do think that's what he's trying to plant like the seed for and be like, well, I didn't agree with any of the crazy shit she did. I was like a victim of it too. Then why did okay. you leave your kids with her for 13 months? Well, that, but then also it begs the question of like, Okay, I understand maybe she pushed you in certain ways that were not right. And, and I don't doubt, again, that it wasn't fun to fucking be married to Ruby. Sure. But as a parent, no matter what, it is our job to keep our children safe, even if it's from the other parent. He was completely on board with all that shit. I know that. But even if he tries to say he wasn't, it's like, well, you still stood by and allowed it to happen and participated in it. So there's no good parent that can say that like, Oh, well, I was just being pressured. No, I'm sorry. Your kids depend on you to fucking stand up for them. And you didn't. And I'm not going to sit here and fucking for a second throw you a bone. Sorry. Get ready. No um, now he let's this is later in the interview, the money part in the channel. We're facing the YouTube channel that they had was shut down. Did ever, Kevin ever explain to you why that happened? No, I have no understanding as to why that was taken down. I know I know after these incidents at Ivan's. I, I believe that a lot of their material was taken down. Do they live in the fucking Grand Canyon? Literally, this is that's um, Jody's house where the, the kids were, which is in a nice gated community. And we'll get to Jody in a second. But um, the fact that he like, oh, I don't know why the channel was shut down. Then he like kind of diverts to connections being shut down and Moms of Truth 
like that whole situation. But Ruby, like they had deleted eight passengers like over a year earlier or something because of all the backlash online and people calling them out for being abusive. Yeah, but you know how people online like to pretend that they leave on their own well, yeah, obviously. like they're like, oh, well, I just decided to. But you were run off. We were all there. Like the lawyer kind of tries to mix it all. And he's like, oh, well, the channels were taken out. Like he he very much will keep watching. But he tries to like remove Kevin from all of it. And you're like, Kevin's in the fucking videos. The, the money that they made off of the show, I, I think Ruby had claimed at one point they were making a significant amount of money. Has Kevin ever spoken to you about that, about how profitable that show was? Uh, Kevin was simply... Uh, giving his earnings to Ruby that were going to support the family. Mm -hmm. he, he retained sufficient amounts of money to take care of himself while they were separated, but all the rest of that money was uh, going to Ruby to support the kids. While you were living with them? What's a sufficient amount of money? Because that's very vague. Well, and like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sure they had like a joint checking or something. Like the YouTube money wasn't just going to Ruby. Like that's laughable to imply that. To me about what amount of money was mm -hmm. ever generated by that. He actually, um, pardon the phrase, but he actually disconnected from any involvement with connections. Um, a year and a half ago and hasn't had anything to do with eight passengers for even longer than that. That's because eight passengers stopped existing over longer than that. Like, not that I feel like anyone is believing any of it, but it's unreal. Anyway, um, speaking of money, let's shift gears and let me pull up this fun little document because do you know what Jody had connections uh, registered as business-wise? An LLC. <laughs> I don't fucking know. No, a 501c3 nonprofit. <gasps> no, what a little rat. Hmm, a nonprofit, you say? That's weird because when I go to the Connections website, it begs to differ when it advertises a bunch of shit that you can pay for. Oh, they have workbooks. Oh. <laughs> like, are these DVDs? Oh my like, God. What year are we in? If you go to About Us and then go to the business team, we have our good friend Ruby, but then we also have someone named... Pam Bobster. Is she new here? I think I saw her before, but like they never mentioned her. So I kind of just like didn't Poor really Pam. think it was yeah, relevant. Overlooked. But real quick before we get back to Pam, scrolling <gasps> down. Look at this shit. Look, this is your nonprofit where you offer company leadership training for 15 grand. Or we have team leadership training for five grand or just individual leadership training for 800 basically. Okay, so I feel like nonprofits, isn't there like some at least like qualifications? Like you have to go through a series of like checklists to be able to do that. How the fuck did they get away with that? Like the fact that it's a nonprofit when the website literally offers services for sale like what do you mean well i mean nonprofits like well they take donations but you can't you're not supposed to be charging for like no nonprofits. you can also like i think sell things i don't know I, i'm not sure the exact requirements but i feel like nonprofits can sell like merchandise or something with their like logo on it or something to raise not funds. services for 15 grand though i know i think that that's definitely i mean you don't have to convince me that's not a charity i know it but oh god i mean not at all the grossest thing they've done, but interesting. So quickly, um, then we get to uh, Pam again, uh, who is the president, apparently. It also even said that Pam is um, the president of Connections Foundation. She has a degree in interpersonal communications, a mother of seven and a grandmother of 14. Jesus. She has served six years on the Timpanagos Symphony Board of Directors and two years on the Utah Metropolitan Ballet Board of Directors. I would suggest you guys remove her. Pam Bodster, or Bodster, it's hard to pronounce. Botcher. The D is oh. uh, silent. Oh. 
How do you know? Because there's no way it's not silent. <laughs> Botcher. Like, that's fucking wild. Oh, so Jesse, who we watched, um, it's Jody's niece, who we watched the interview um, last time, said, when I was living with Jody, Pam was around. She was Jody's best friend. I didn't realize that she was connected in this. I mean, I have very strong feelings towards Pam because of not that she was directly applying abuse. Like, she wasn't actually involved, but she was one of the people that was constantly surveilling the surveillance of reporting back to Jody. Oh, that's being part of the abuse. Because then yes. Jody inflicts the abuse. For sure. And then there's an article that just came out today. New report details whereabouts of Ruby Frankie's children on the day of her arrest. So it says, according to the police, officers then reached out. So they had like entered one of the houses at one point and like broke down the door and no one was there. And then it says, according to police, officers then reached out to the oldest Frankie sister, who's Sherry, who's been like very involved in this whole all the court proceedings. One of the children left a local place of employment by telling her supervisor that she needed to leave for a family emergency. After reviewing surveillance video from the local place of employment, it showed that one of the children was picked up by none other than Pam. So if she was the go-to call of like, hey, do me a favor at that time for Jody, then she knew what was going on. For sure. Well, that's, I, I can't help it. I, I think this isn't the same level of extreme, but um, did you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. You know, Mike, <laughs> who like goes and does like the cleanup and he like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like really quiet mm -hmm. old guy and he just like, he handles everything. Yeah. I feel like that's who Pam is. It's just like their little Aaron person that goes around. Honestly, I mean, I feel like her affiliation with connections to this day is bad enough. So it's like, I don't doubt that she knew, but then this kind of confirms it. And then it says that Springville officers were then heading to American Fork to speak with Pam and they were contacted by Utah County major crimes detectives who were at the home in American Fork and they told the officers that both of the children who were not accounted for were there. After dialogue and questioning, Pam explained that around noon that day, she received a call from Ruby Frankie who told her that she had a family emergency and asked if Bodger could pick her and, or, and it names the two kids, pick them up. According to Bodger, Ruby asked her, if the two children could go to her house for a while. And she told the officers that was not a weird request apparently because she had them over to her residence to do housework and other chores. So you're saying that these kids who had wounds on them and were malnourished for a long period of time would go to your house and do chores for you and like nothing was out of the ordinary. Interesting, Pam. This is also after we heard that they were like being forced to pull weeds at Jody's house in like 100 degree weather. What is this, fucking holes? <laughs> Jesus. My God. Oh my God, Jody's like that woman in holes. Sigourney Weaver. The two girls were informed by a DCFS worker that they were to stay with their oldest sister, Sherry, or be placed with a foster family. Initially, the two didn't want to leave Pam's home, but were eventually placed with their older sister. And apparently um, the news and like a bunch of people have reached out to Pam for comment and she hasn't said anything. So the only quote we have from her is from the police, but- Shocker. But so then I guess that does confirm that two of the kids are actually with Sherry now. And oh. then the rest are in foster care. Oh, okay. Damn, Jesus. That's so fucked. Them being split up oh, like that. And that supposedly after the cops broke down the door, I guess Sherry went in and got like clothes or something for the two kids that were staying with her. And there's an article that claims that Kevin was like trying to sue her for it, like get her in trouble for breaking and entering. Oh, and, I don't like, even fucking doubt things. that. I don't even doubt that. And then he claimed that he was gonna try and sue the police because they wouldn't let him like try and press charges on 
Sherry. It was a very strange article. I don't know how much legitimacy there was to it, but regardless, the whole thing is so weird. And I'm still not over the fact that Kevin is out there being like, to have his lawyer go around saying like, he just wants to resume his fatherly duties. Resume after his over a year hiatus? Yeah, like, maybe you what don't. What do you mean? Do everyone a favor and don't resume that. Wow, this was a... Uh... I'm exhausted. <laughs> I feel like this was such a journey, this episode. Yeah, just wanted to leave you guys on a really positive note. Yeah, thanks, Lily. Love that. Um, anyway, if you made it to the end, my goodness. Is there a plaque there for you? I hope there is. You deserve it. I can get some more made, but I don't think I can. No, those are too expensive. We can't possibly <laughs> like, make enough. I don't think I can afford that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate you being here. And that is all that we have for you today. Honestly, I think we need like two days rest at least after that one. I agree. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here and we will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Leave Halloween costumes below.